Big Ten Plus Four is a member of Odd Pods Media and ASAP All Sports All Plays Network. Hello and welcome to Big Ten Plus Four. We bring you college sports with a Midwest perspective. We are blue collar and blue blood. And uh, I know it's a little different because I'm making the intro today. Uh, Usually uh, my co-host Dalton Shetler is the one uh, doing all of the introductions because, uh, you know, he's just that much better than me at it. But, uh, But he's on vacation this week and we were going to take the week off. But so much has happened. I gotta, I gotta fill in for for Dalton. We have Tony Hollinsworth from ASAP Network, uh, All Sports, All Plays Network. Tony, thanks much, so much for uh, you know filling in for Dalton this week. No, I appreciate it. Thank you all for having me. You know, I was I was super excited when when Freddie said that you guys were coming to All Sports, All Plays. You know, I was like, oh my gosh, they cover pretty much you know college almost all the time. Yeah. I feel like college doesn't get as much love as it used to. And especially the Big Ten, like I'm a Midwest kid. I've been a Midwest kid pretty much my entire life. I was like, oh, no, I'm going to love this show. I'm going to love everything <laughs> that this show does. So I was like, I was super excited when you were like, hey, can you fill in? I was like, 100%. You, you yeah. tell me a time today, I'll make it work. <laughs> well, and, and we do record before we actually stream and, and put out our show. So we're kind of delayed, and, and there are sometimes that we miss some things uh, when, on, our, on our show. And this week was definitely one of those. Uh, like I said, we were going to do a week off, and we recorded last Wednesday – and Thursday, it all came down and just just pouring down the mountain. The Big Ten is adding, and then this is no shock to anybody uh, now, but the Big Ten is adding Southern Cal and UCLA to the Big Ten, which a lot of people don't see the validity behind it, but we're going to talk about, you know, just kind of the ins and outs of the whole thing. And, and it, it was huge because in 2024, Tony is when they're doing it. Like they fast tracked this Ohio or Oklahoma and Texas are moving to the sec, but they took like a three year process. USC and UCLA just said, we're going as soon as possible. 2024. It's happening. Yeah. And you know, there's there's a few people even looked at that because if you look at what just a few weeks before this, you know, mm-hmm. Cincinnati, UCF, Houston, and BYU, which BYU it didn't affect as much because they're independent, they could leave anytime they want. Right. Um, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston all went ahead and bought out their contracts with the AAC and are joining the Big Twelve in 2020, uh, 2024 as well. So you're going to have mm-hmm. a 16 team Big Twelve there for a little bit. But no, you're exactly right. The fact that you see, you know, USC and UCLA both join, it is kind of shocking to, I would say, a lot of the, I would say, older college fans or people that are more, you know, fans of the traditional because there's always been this unspoken, you know, geographic line between all of the conferences. You know, when Mm -hmm. you think of USC and UCLA, you immediately think of it's only Pac-12 football and then pretty much everything past the Colorado Rockies is is Pac-12 for the most part. Right. 
And now that's completely broken with, you know, now the big 10 has literally everything coast to coast now. And I think this, it's one of those that, that people were shocked that, that the big 10 went to Rutgers and Maryland. Mm -hmm. Now I personally thought they should have, instead of Rutgers went after UConn at the time, but at the same time, they wanted the New York City market, so uh, I, I get it. They I get it to a point for the, for that aspect for quality. They should have went with UConn, I think. I mean, because in the past few years, UConn football and Rutgers football have been pretty much the same thing, just in different uniforms, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, but but the basketball aspect is what I was thinking on that one. Is is you know uh, what does Rutgers bring over UConn? And I didn't see anything other than. The New York City market. That's the only reason I could see why they did it. So it made less sense. Honestly, honestly, Tony, if I think about it, it had it makes less sense for Rutgers to be in the Big Ten than it does USC, just from the historic value that USC has provided to the Big Ten or, or with Big Ten teams. Mm-hmm. Oh no, one hundred percent. And if you look a few years ago, because I happened to read an article when all of this came out. Apparently, the Big Ten was actually going after UNC and Virginia, if I remember correctly, wow. at the time that they were going after Rutgers and Maryland. And I guess they tried to coerce UNC and Virginia. They said, no, we're good. And then that's how they ended up with Maryland and Rutgers. But like you said, you know, looking at it today, you're you're still right. It's one of those it it doesn't really fit. Rutgers doesn't have like a rich history of, you know, very, you know, traditionally good football programs, traditionally good basketball programs. Now I will say this year, you know, Rutgers kind of shocked me because, you know, I watched a lot of, I don't know if you happen to watch a lot of Rutgers basketball games at all. Um, just I watched a lot more this year than I have ever watched in the past. And they, they were, they were fairly good. Like a lot yeah, oh, yeah. of things yeah, yeah. That, that were supposed to, you know, be just rolling over them. Rutgers Rutgers came to play and they were very good matchups like you know I watched a few with Michigan State and I was like wow this the Rutgers Rutgers of all teams right I I went on the record multiple times saying that Rutgers should have had a buy in the tournament compared to Michigan like that that's how strongly I felt about Rutgers seasons I mean I'm a I'm a Purdue fan Mm mm-hmm so the fact that they beat that beat Purdue when Purdue was like three days into their number one ranking in the country on a half court shot. Now Purdue should have just blown them out or, you know, it not been in that position, but uh, that to me said, you know what, they're, 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 they're a legit team to put up some threats and, you know, they beat Wisconsin on the road they beat, I mean, they beat, I believe it was Iowa. They beat three mm-hmm. straight ranked teams in a row. And that was on top of the Purdue win. So yeah, Rutgers this year actually finally validated if there was any time that they validated their big 10 membership, it was this year in, in basketball. Yeah. And really even cause Maryland is the same way. And I think Maryland did it yeah. a couple, a few years ago, actually, they did it in 2017 and 2018. So I don't know if you happen to remember uh, both of them, ironically enough, was the beginning of the college football season. They faced Texas the first time it was in Texas. Texas was ranked. Maryland was not. Maryland shocked everybody, ended up coming back and winning that game in Texas. And then the very next year, they flipped it. They had Texas come to Maryland. Both teams were ranked at that point. But I know Maryland was only ranked, I think, twenty. 
24, 25, very, very low 20s in the in the AP rankings, and then shocked Texas again by beating them. So, you know, Maryland, and Maryland was able to recruit uh, Tua Tungabailoa's brother out of Alabama to be their yes. starting quarterback. So Maryland has tried to make a little bit of the waves as far as the college football world goes. Um, Maryland basketball, I watched a few of their matchups again against Michigan State. Um, they weren't terrible. They brought Michigan State down to the wire a couple times. But yeah, yeah, it took a it took a last second shot for Michigan State to beat them yeah. in College Park. Yeah, it did, and I, I watched that entire game. I was really surprised, and even the turnout of fans in Maryland because being stationed there, I did mm. not see a whole lot of Maryland fans ever. <laughs> I saw one Maryland fan when I was up in Detroit for a couple of months, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, I know you guys exist, but I only ever see you on TV." I'm really surprised to see one of you in person. I thought it was just like you know CGI. They had like 200 fans, and they just into the into the uh into the the stand so yeah that uh, to kind of get back to the ucla and and usc uh thing this i didn't hear any sort of information on this until thursday morning when there was i got a i got an alert on on espn or on the app and it says ucla usc considering uh or finding validity they were they were exploring the move by the afternoon it was hey this is a done deal we're just waiting on the press conference and then that night i mean did you did you hear anything other i i I honestly i wasn't looking for any information so when i got just that that message it was holy crap and then i jump on and look and um and the more i look it's like oh this is done it's just waiting to be announced yeah, was there i i am i missing something was there was there smoke before the fire or was it like instantaneous just like combustion i think it was just instantaneous combustion because i was looking at it and of course as more of this came out you started to see more and more you know verified and you know trustworthy sources start to come out and say right hey, this apparently has they they said this apparently had been in works for months but i will give usc and ucla's you know public relations team (laughs) all the credit in the world because they were able to keep this under wraps like you said for for months potentially and there's also a source that said apparently this was all fox driven um because as we know the tv network deals are coming up for the pac-12 the big 10 and i believe the big 12 as well and ESPN already locked down the SEC. So Fox was really pushing this. And this has been something that's been a pain for college for a while now. It's been seven years. They've had an attendance drop and a viewership drop in college mm-hmm. football. So, you know, th- this this kind of does what I believe college needs. If you're a college football fan, it gives you more of a revamping because now you're going to have bigger names in bigger games and you're going to have more to choose from as far as watching a lot of these if we look at the first kickoff of the coming season you know the first two weeks you've got three really big games that you're going to want to watch as far as a national uh, light you have oregon versus georgia you have notre dame versus ohio state in the first week and then the week two you just really have the big game is alabama versus texas and that's about it so you know and USC and UCLA are actually going to double their profits joining the Big Ten because they were only getting about $30 million a year out of the Pac-12. Now they're going to get about 70 80 even on the lower end right. of this. So, the, you know, it, it is, it's shocking. And, 
a lot of mixed feelings about it. A lot of mixed feelings about it. Well, we'll 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 get to that that just in just just down the road a little bit. But one thing I did remember was in that article that I that I ESPN broke that USC and UCLA were even talking about this was there was a response a comment to maybe the tweet I saw right after that. It said, "This is why the Big Ten closed." their their commissioner or their uh ad meeting they made it a private meeting they went because normally it's open mm -hmm. and it's you know like streamed or whatever but this is why they they had a luncheon or something and they closed it closed it off it was because they were finalizing that if there was any smoke i think that was it oh, like yeah. like they kept it close to their hip the whole time for months mm -hmm. until that meeting to finalize the deal basically and then they had to close and, and it made people wonder why mm -hmm. because no news had come out that they were even talking expansion well not only that but it it, it it makes it even more surprising because again you know when we first heard about the oklahoma and texas to the sec you know what just shortly after the uh, commissioners for the pac-12 the big 10 and the big 12 all came out and basically said you know, we're going to make a formal alliance against mm -hmm. the SEC in this powerhouse. And then with this move, it's like, yeah, they're just that whole. And we, we've even seen a few of them. You know, the Pac-12 commissioner came out and said, yeah, now you can't trust anybody. Well, and he had no clue. Yeah, that he, was the kicker is, is he had no clue. Like this was this was as about as covert operation as you can get, because like the commissioner of the conference that these two teams left didn't even know that it was happening. Yeah. And that to me blows my mind that something major like that can take place with somebody in such a high position, having zero idea that it was happening. Now is he blowing smoke and he knew it was coming, but he knew there was nothing they could do to keep him. Maybe, but the fact that he's going on the record of, I was blindsided by this. You can't trust anybody now. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think I think he probably had an idea because it's even been mentioned USC and UCLA haven't been happy in the Pac-12 for a few years now. They were unhappy with the the the, the TV deal, hugely yeah. disappointed with it. Yeah, so it's like he he probably had to know that if there was ever a potential for them to get out, that they they were probably going to look for it. Now, did right. he probably expect Big Ten? <laughs> no, no, no. But I, but to be honest with you, even even if I was sitting there, you know, okay, where where do I think they're going to go? The Big Ten was going to be the last place I ever figured, you know, USC and UCLA to go to that even remotely made sense. Well, honestly, I thought maybe it would be one of those that some of the lesser teams from the Big Twelve or Pac twelve excuse me, might move along, mm -hmm. but USC and UCLA and Oregon would all be those, those corner or cornerstones, you know, the, the, the rock solid foundation of the conference. And they would add some other schools in, you know, and, and still make it the pack 12, you know, yeah. or the, the pack, whatever number you want to add to it, because they're, they're the only conference that's adjusted their, their totals. Yeah, uh, in their name, you know, the Big Ten's had more than ten teams for what going on thirty years plus, yeah. almost. So, uh, I forgot what I was going where I was going with that, Tony. So, um, yeah, it it was such a surprise that I texted Dalton was like, "Is this really happening?" 
And he said that dude is because uh, it was uh, Jeff. Uh, I don't re- I'd have to look it up uh, uh, on on who it was, but it was a tweet. He goes, that dude's for real. And he's he knows his stuff. And I said, so this is happening. And he did some more digging and he that's he broke it to me that it was happening. Like I, I saw the news that it, it was it was coming. Mm-hmm. But Dalton did some digging and got back with me. He says, yeah, from what I'm finding it is there, it's a happening. It's inevitable. Uh, except expect a presser within 24 hours to, to make it finalized. He said, other than that, it's just kind of just done. I mean, there's nothing else to, to work out. There's an agreement. It's happening. And I'm like, wow, this is uh shocking to say the least. Mm-hmm. I mean, shocking to say the least. So, all right, well, let's move to the second quarter. I didn't hear it. Did you? Oh yeah, I heard it. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm operating on a different, uh, different uh, uh, browser today, and so like some of the audio isn't coming through to me, but yet I see that it's working. So we're moving to the second quarter, and uh, we're kind of keeping on. We're we're going to keep on this move throughout the whole show, with the exception of maybe headlines. Uh, I don't know where your headline went, but, you know, uh, we might be away from the USC uh, UCLA deal. Was this the right move? Like, were these the two teams that should have been added to the to the Big Ten now? And if it and, and let me pose this. If you say no, that's OK. But who would you replace them with? Yeah, I. I mean, I don't think it is, but I noticed that the Big Ten is now working to grab who I think they initially wanted first off. And I, I, I think I think it's golden that you're thinking that way. Exactly. It's golden <laughs> and it's green. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's lucky, 100% lucky, if you will. Right, right. <laughs> and yeah, it's Notre Dame and they're they're co- they're trying to coerce Notre Dame right now. I guess Notre Dame currently is the, you know the like the last little bit of hope for you know i guess college football normalcy is you know even if we have you know two mega super conferences notre dame is still is are they still going to be independent and make their own schedule or what are they going to do um but they I are think with no, i think with notre dame i think you're right i mm. think they wanted notre dame because no matter no matter how irrelevant you think notre dame might be or how poorly they've performed at certain times don't get me wrong they've they've been in the college playoff recently uh they're they're normally nine eight nine ten maybe even 11 wins and so i mean uh for me as a purdue fan i'm like geez i'll take eight nine ten doesn't matter all three of those any of those um but like they're still not considered as one of the 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 they're still traditionally a powerhouse but right now they're still kind of outside on the fringe but I still think they're the linchpin of, like you said, they come out and go into a conference, the whole house of cards is going down. And it's, I think it's an inevitability no matter which way Notre Dame goes. Um, but I think they're signing their own death certificate if they say, yeah, we're staying independent because yeah. I think we're headed towards, and we'll get to what we see college football looking like down the road uh after after halftime but i could see them suffering wildly if they think that you know what we can handle this on our own 
And, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, Oregon and from what I've, from what I've seen from multiple sources. So this isn't just one person and I just happened to find it. Uh, Oregon's waiting on Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. So, and Washington's waiting on Oregon. Um, but I honestly, I think if, if not Notre Dame, these two were the obvious choices. They're the two biggest teams, you know, not, I'm not saying currently they're the two biggest historically valuable teams from the PAC 12 period. Like you, you go basketball, you've got UCLA that, you know, they have the most national titles. They're great. Their icon of a coach played at Purdue. Yeah. So like there's the connection to the big 10. Mm -hmm. So there is some value to the UCLA moving to the big 10. Now you can develop other, uh, you know, rivalries and things. Now it's hard to be geographically rivaled to a team in LA when you're in Evanston, Illinois, yes. but you get what I'm saying. You, you can develop those, uh, you know, over the course of time, there are big 10 teams that have rivalries with USC because of their trips to the Rose bowl. Mm -hmm. So these two teams historically, I think made sense. If not Notre Dame, these two made absolute sense. Oh yeah. And I think especially like you said, from a, and I was thinking about that last night, I think the big 10 did this in a very smart way because they didn't just grab, you know, football powerhouse schools. They grabbed schools that, like you said, are rich in history with both, you mm -hmm. know, yep. as far as a good football program and an up and coming football program. Once again, they went and got USC, you know, USC went out and poached Lincoln Riley of all coaches and and brought a lot of his recruits with him so that kind of shocked everybody and now in the football world you know okay usc is more than likely going to be a legit contender once again and yeah. then like I said, with with basketball you were able to bring in you know ucla who you know most national titles you know bob wooten you know the head coach that helped get them all of those titles so yeah it i think they did it really smart as far as getting those two and like I said, Notre Dame would have probably been the biggest. Um, another name I could throw out there that I don't think would be as big of a nationally recognized name, but it would create a lot of, to me, an interesting matchup as far as, you know, the Big Ten is best known for their interstate rivalries. Why not get a Cincinnati, yes. especially as up and coming as they've been against an Ohio State? I feel like that would have been a really good move. Yeah, and... and um... And I'm being told that my internet is being slow. So yeah, I apologize. If, <laughs> it's, it, it's gotten better, but mm -hmm. it's still, but anyways, I'm, I'm going to power through it. Oh, it went away. So that means mean we have an okay connection now. Um, I wonder if it, it's not the big name. It's not that sexy name. Like you just said, but you're right though. The, plus it's, it's in the geographical uh, realm of what the big 10 is obviously for historically geographic now notre dame covers both of those aspects yes. you know the national recognition and that geographical uh location but i think i think geography is it, it's such a small world anymore you know you can see what's going on in london right now mm -hmm. whereas it used to take you know a couple of weeks for information to come back, you know, or come across. So uh, I think geographical location, other than the traveling for the teams to USC and UCLA doesn't mean much or UCLA over to the rest of the big 10. It doesn't mean much, 
And think about, think about a, the novelty for the first four to five years when they're making their first appearance, you know, Oh my gosh, USC is coming to, to play Northwestern. They're having it at soldier field. Oh, you know, and they're packing it. Mm -hmm. Um, think about that first big 10 and and I'm jumping ahead just a touch, assuming that Notre Dame is going to join the big 10. Think about that first USC Notre Dame game inside conference. Oh yeah. It will rival. And I'm not saying it is equal to, but it will rival Michigan, Ohio state. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That, that, that stuff. And you will see it Thanksgiving weekend, just like, or, or maybe the week before mm-hmm. uh, Michigan, Ohio state, it will happen. If Notre Dame joins the big 10 down the, you know, shortly down the road, uh, that's what I, the last question before we head to, uh, to halftime is how does this stack the big 10 with the sec that, uh, the sec that will exist after Texas and Oklahoma move, does this keep them on par and competitive at the level of this is one of these two could be argued as the best conference. Yeah. I think it definitely keeps them in contention because the sec basically did the same thing. They mm-hmm. looked at the entire college football landscape. You know, a lot of the Big Ten teams probably weren't going to leave because they're happy where they're at. And a lot of them, for the most part, your your bigger names that you have, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, they're all pretty happy. And they're all doing fairly well in, the <laughs> Big, in just about every single year. So it's like anybody else after that, I don't think the Big Ten is going to be super crushed if they lose them. Even Wisconsin and Iowa, same thing. You know, they do really well. So, you know, the SEC, when they went out and they looked, they said, okay, what are some of the biggest name brands that we can go and get? And you look at Texas, you know, Texas, same thing. Historically has always been great at football. They're still a big nationally recognized brand. And then same with Oklahoma. A lot of rich history there as far as football goes. You know, they're a massive program. They've almost always been in the playoffs or at least been in contention here recently. So. So, yeah, the SEC went out and got the biggest fish they could. And I feel like the Big Ten has done the exact same thing. And and like you pointed out earlier, it, it they're not necessarily done. You know, there's been a couple, well, maybe they're done, but not really. Because like you said, they're trying to wait on Notre Dame to see who, you know, what Notre Dame is going to do. There's even potential rumors that if they are able to get Notre Dame, maybe they try to bring in like a Stanford as an opponent for them because they've had a little bit of a rivalry with them here of late. Um, I don't know if I would care for the Stanford one. I think if it was, if I'm the big 10, I go for the two biggest fish left out there. I go for Notre Dame. Who's a great, you know, good football program. They maybe they're not as relevant. They don't have the, you know, kind of the, the big boy, as we'll put it, you know, contention level with like the sec and the big right. 10 as we've seen. And I would go after Oregon because after that, you know, Washington, it's, I'm not, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Washington by no means, but they're, you know, like you said, it's not the big sexy name. They're not turning a lot of heads in the football or the basketball world to be yeah. 100% honest with you. And Stanford's been the same way here recently. I mean, you look at, you know, what two of the last, you know, really good players to come out of, you know, Stanford when they were ranked and decent was Andrew Luck and Christian McCaffrey. And that was, you know, seven and 10 years ago. So I was going to say Andrew Luck retired like four years ago. So or three years ago. So, I mean, it's or four years ago, however long it will go it was, but yeah, I, so, and he played seven years on top of it. 
you know, yeah. or six years on top of it. So, yeah, I mean, well, and, and they haven't, Stanford hasn't been a very good basketball program lately either, but, but Tony, the big 10 did add Rutgers yes. years back. So, <laughs> so honestly, that brings the San Francisco crowd mm -hmm. in, you know, audience in. So any more other than if you're getting historically like blue blood, those you're looking for audiences that you can captivate now or mm -hmm. that you have that you have control over uh with because you know hey you know new york city we've got it because we got rutgers granted that's i mean but what what's what college team is new york city i mean there there are so many smaller ones but new york city doesn't have a dominate so if you just get your foot in the door you're in the new york city market you go to you get you get Washington. You've got Seattle. You've got like the whole basically. No offense to Washington State, but you've got basically the whole state. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you add Stanford, you get the the Northern California audience. Where, uh, but honestly, I forgot what I was going to say. But it was it, it's it's early, and I forgot to make coffee for myself this morning. Um, but it was it it. The the sexy pick is yes Notre Dame Oregon those are the two remaining ones that are even being talked about although Baylor could be a really good one mm -hmm. because they've they performed really well in football and in basketball recently so they're they're actually hitting both sides yeah. where so uh, I I would keep an eye out on Baylor as a potential suitor along with let's say Notre Dame and Washington and Oregon. Yeah. Uh, those yeah. could be the four plus it gets the big 10 foot into Texas. Yeah. Now I, I, I could definitely see that with, with the Baylor. Um, I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw another name out there because again, I, I like the interstate rivalries. I like a mm -hmm. lot of, the sure. you know, can we, can we kick out Maryland? Can we kick out Nebraska? Can we bring in Iowa State? Can we keep the, the Iowa Hawkeyes, the you know mm -hmm. Iowa State Cyclones going? And again, kind of the same thing. They're not terrible at basketball. They're And actually, they're a decent football program. Right. They always give Iowa a run for their money. And Iowa's almost always very good right. in, in as far as football and basketball both go. Mm -hmm. So it's like... You know, and don't get me wrong, I have nothing against Nebraska, but again, you know, me being a Cowboys fan, I know what it's like to live in the 90s. I feel like that's where Huskers fans are still living currently. Like, I'm sorry, Nebraska, you haven't done much either since you joined in 2011. I'm going to bring in Iowa State, you know, and, and Nebraska would fit back in the Big 12 just as easily. And I feel like Iowa State, you could easily do a flip and it's and it wouldn't be that big of a drastic change. And you would still have some really good rivalries and Nebraska would go back to their old rivalries in the Big 12 anyway. I think if Nebraska were booted out of the Big 10, they'd be an SEC team in a heartbeat. I could see I that. think I think the SEC uh, was looking for historical and dominance and Nebraska still, like you said, hasn't done much since they've joined the Big Ten. They're still historically a blue blood, just like it's a it's a program that will bring notoriety. They they're some of the most loyal fans, so they will travel. Mm -hmm. They will they will support their team no matter where they're at, what they're doing. Uh, the fact that Scott Frost hasn't lost his job yet kind of proves that to me. 
that mm-hmm. they 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 want him to succeed so they're giving him every single chance plus maybe a couple more just to try to get him to succeed and and this year is is projected that they're going to be a, a, a considerable amount better than they were last year Dalton was saying last year or their season last year they lost something like five games by seven or less points mm-hmm. and, and it was it was to Ohio State Purdue beat them by seven like they were they were in almost every single game that they played and they lost five or six of them by less than a touchdown yeah and I will say a lot of that because you know, again, I I've watched a lot of Nebraska games. I've watched, you know, I try to watch every Big Ten game I can. Sure, a lot of that was due to their quarterback, Martinez. Yeah. He was not, he was not really the answer. He he wasn't bad. I'm not going to take anything away from him. He was decent, but he was really bad. It seemed like he didn't know when to throw. It didn't seem like he knew where. He didn't have very good pocket presence. Now he would run, and that would usually work out for him pretty well. But it's like you that can only get you so far. Eventually you are going to have to make some of those throws and, you know, put, put the game on the line by throwing the ball. But yeah, I will, I will give Nebraska credit. You know, they did do pretty decent, you know, the last, last couple of years. And again, like you said, the fact that, you know, uh, Scott Frost even still has his job is really incredible. But again, it's, it's not like they've gotten worse. You know, they've been about the same, maybe getting a little bit better, which like you said, a lot of that, you know, loyalty that Nebraska has, I think is starting to come through and it does take a while to build a culture. I think that's what kind of surprises a lot of people is they expect, you know, like Lincoln Riley to USC, they're like, Oh, they're immediately going to be, you know, eight, nine win team. And they're, you know, potentially going to be vying for the playoffs. Eh, yes and no. It, it takes a while. Exactly. They might. It's very possible, especially being in the Pac-12. But you know, you you got to work your way up to that. You got to build it. They have to put their their program in. In they have to put their their plan. Their you know their players their effort. Their players. They have to put their whole system in, and that doesn't happen overnight. So well, I, and I've it, always I've always said on a new coach, you have to give them at least four years because then by year four, all of the players in the program are his. Yes. I don't care what you say. Well, so-and-so brought in better players before him. Doesn't matter. He's coming in to do his job. He's coming in to install his program. You've got to give him some time. If you're willing to spend millions of dollars to bring this this guy in to do to win, you need to give him ample time to set up, like you said, the culture within that he sees is the direction that's going to win ball games. Because you can't, it, Tony. I w- I would be shocked if you if I said, okay, you're going to do my job going forward from here, but I'm not. And if you don't perform as well as I do in the first two weeks, you're fired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know what? You can only use the stuff. I'm not going to help you because you, mm-hmm. you're a smart, intelligent person. You have ideas of how you want to do it. But if you don't succeed with what's in place right now, you're fired. That's unfair. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I'm not, cry, I'm not, you know, taking a moment of silence for these people that are making millions of dollars to do a job. But still, you're paying a million dollars because you expect to make more than those millions of dollars to with wins. You got to give the guy time to get the wins. He may win. Lincoln Riley may win 12 games this year and they're in the CFP. Yeah. That very well may happen. Mm -hmm. And next year they could lose six games. 
exactly. with all the same guys, but more people are being moved in that are his people that he's recruiting. You give him a couple more years, and he's he might be winning a national championship his first year in the Big Ten. Exactly, and and, and kind of the same. You know, it like you said, if, if you don't let him build that culture, if you don't let him get established, because think about it, like you said, they could win twelve games this year, and then next year they could lose six, and a lot mm-hmm. of that could be because okay even though they're getting ready to move to the Big Ten, they're going to potentially run through the same thing again. The Pac-12 is, okay, we have a year with his system. We have film with the players that he has at USC. Now we can study against that, and now we're going to get better, which happens literally every team, every sport. It's like once you've been there for a minute and once you have your formula, people are going to study that, oh, this is what we're going to do to counter that. And then you may or may not as be as successful as you have been. The Wildcat was successful at one point. Exactly. And now and then and then defenses adjusted to it. And mm-hmm. it's a novelty now. So exactly. let's hit the let's hit the halftime break and we'll come back and we'll talk about what we might think uh the uh college football uh landscape looks like uh coming out. Okay. You are listening to Big Ten Plus Four, hosted on Anchor and StreamYard. Hey, this is Russ. This is Kyle. This is Michelle. From the Infectious Groove Podcast. Join us every Monday for the most fun you can have with a music podcast. The Infectious Groove Podcast uses a positive and fun approach as we take time every week to share our jammy jams, then dig into a thought-provoking topic discussing all decades and genres of music. You can find the Infectious Groove Podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can head to infectiousgroovepodcast.com to find us there and subscribe. We might have a controversial opinion here or there, but we always have fun with it. Oh, I'm sure I'll say something dumb. Subscribe to the Infectious Groove Podcast, part of the Odd Pods Media Network. Hey, you there. We've got a question for you. Are you tired of clickbait stories and the loudest voices driving discussions in culture and entertainment? If so, I'm Dylan. I'm Kendall. And I'm Corey. And we host the podcast From the Middle. We're middle-class guys living in the middle of America, in the middle chapters of our lives with points of view somewhere in the middle. We take a more reasonable and centrist approach in our discussions covering genres like comedy, culture, entertainment, and interviews with really interesting folks like business owners, comic creators, doctors, news anchors, New York Times best-selling illustrators, professional stand-up comics, and more. We really value a relaxed and conversational podcast, one that we hope is so fun and laid back, you'll forget you're not actually hanging out with us. So search at from the mid pod just like it sounds or check us out everywhere you can find podcasts okay and uh also we stream every week on asap all sports all plays network uh we we love being on asap i tell you what tony it's uh, it's one of those that uh we get to talk to you know great people that love sports you know back and forth in the chat um you know comments on the on posts and stuff so asap give them a follow you can find them on twitter any social media um i the website is beyond my mind right now tony do you remember it (laughs) um i do (laughs) you've got it written down don't you i do i have it written down somewhere i gotta i gotta kind of do the same thing i'll find it I think it's asapsportsnetwork.com, but I 
don't know if, that for sure. If I remember right, that's what it is. Okay. Say if my. <laughs> yep. So it's actually it's asaptvnetwork.net. But if you type in um, ASAP Sports Network, it should bring you to the. It should automatically default you to the same website. Yeah. We the SEO takes it. If you just do ASAP All Sports All Plays Network or whatever in a, a Google search, it'll it'll pull up the website too. So, but uh, good stuff happening uh, at ASAP. Good stuff happening at Odd Pods. Um, we're members of both of those networks, and we're we're enjoying both of those. Uh, uh, Odd Pods hosts our. Uh, uh, our, our audio and ASAP hosts our, our live streams. So uh, we're really happy. And uh, I think a, any of our listeners or slash watchers uh, would, uh, would really enjoy both of those networks as well. So uh, let's move to the third quarter. Sorry, I move away from the microphone. So this is, this is what I have written down. I said, what does this do for college football landscape? And there are, two other questions actually we kind of answered the one question uh last quarter uh but what does college football look like in five years so to tackle that first one where what do you think this does to college football's landscape going forward it i think it i think it gives it kind of um like i heard somebody say the other day it gives them kind of a booster shot like I mentioned earlier, this is a seven-year downtrend in viewership and attendance, especially the fact that the last couple of years, you know, there was COVID, there was the pandemic. And I think that just gave people more of a reason to be like, okay, I'm kind of done with this. And, and they and they left or they just stopped watching entirely. Mm-hmm. I think I think it helps because, you know, kind of like I mentioned, you look at the first two weeks in college football. Now, if you're a diehard football fan, uh, or at least college football fan, there's going to be other games that you're like, oh no, those are going to be interesting. Like I'll, I'll watch those. But if you're a casual fan, that's like, I only want to watch, you know, I want the meat and potatoes of college football. Th- this is a big thing. And I think overall, this is a big thing for the football landscape, because again, it makes things more interesting and it helps go coincide with that college football playoff expansion. Because think about it, you know, one of the big questions and a lot of people that were opposed to the expansion was, oh, well, you just want to try to get one school from each, you know, each conference basically in and then whoever else after that. It's like, no, this now gives this makes your product better because, you know, you look at how many times do you ever have a conference versus conference matchup? Not very often. Or if you do, it's like, oh, Alabama's going to beat up on, you know, like, Georgia Southern from the Sun Belt. Like, <laughs> that's not even fair. <laughs> right, right. Alabama and App State, you know, that's not a fair matchup, but they're both really good in the conference that they play in, you know. Yeah, so exactly. it, it's not it's not a fair matchup. It's a top matchup if you look at, you know, perennial mm-hmm. uh schools at the top of the conference, but it's not it's not a fair matchup. No, um, but but it makes things more interesting. And like I said, I sure I'm a proprietor of iron, iron sharpens iron. Like if you have USC and Ohio state, both of them are going to get better. And especially with USC and UCLA coming in, because PAC 12 is a different style of football than the big 10 plays. And we even saw it last year, Oregon upset Ohio state. And I don't think Ohio state was expecting that at all. Yeah. Kind of surprised everybody. And you know, that was a fantastic game. And even look at Ohio state versus Utah shortly later in the playoffs. It was like, wow, this is a best, bowl game 
of the season. That includes the CFP. That includes the national championship game. Ohio State and, and Utah was the best bowl game there was. Exactly. And I, and I think and I think more moves like this makes those better bowl games and even makes better regular season games like that. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, we talked last week about something that Rick Neuheisel uh, proposed, and Dalton wasn't a fan of it being uh, every game or every week of the season. Uh, but what Rick Neuheisel suggested was those top tier teams from each conference schedule out of conference games up to and we kind of came to the agreement of until like maybe week six or seven and then you get just into your conference because you don't want to have iowa going and playing baylor in the middle of a season where they're playing really well baylor you know pulls out a win and then all of a sudden that just starts the downslide of iowa yeah you know, because you know, losses can snowball quickly. Mm-hmm. And he says that's not to say they shouldn't play Baylor, but at least have some time for them to recover to where they're not going into the next to last week of the season really high, riding high, get knocked off by by somebody, and then it just derails all that they've done. You know, you, they they say if if you're going to lose, it's best to lose early. Yes, so you can recover. So that that halfway through way through it at least allows the team a chance to recover if they were going to do as such. Uh, because you know, good teams against good teams, it doesn't matter who it is can win. Oh yeah. So uh, you you don't want Ohio State getting knocked off, let's say by Oregon in Week Nine, mm-hmm. and that totally derails any chance they had. Whereas if they lose in Week One, Ohio State's in the CFP last year if they beat Michigan. Yes. And they still had a loss to Oregon, so like it allows recovery. Uh, but I think that does that with with them being in the conference now. Granted, you may play USC the week before Michigan, mm-hmm. but that's just the way the schedule goes. Yes, they. I mean, because the Big Ten controls that schedule, mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't. It's not decided by Ohio State. So uh, yeah, those matchups are going to be insane. Think mm-hmm. about this going from, and this is not knocking on TCU or Baylor, but ABC has a national coverage game on Saturday night. Which one are you watching? USC, Ohio State, or TCU, Baylor? Which one oh, gets yeah. you more excited? Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's USC, Ohio State because of the historic, whereas you're only getting the state of Texas interested in a TCU, Baylor nationally televised game. Yeah. So it, it, it does bring up a lot more um it brings in more interest i think uh, but honestly i think it, i the way it stacks up this this to me just tells me exactly what i need to know in the aspect of where we're headed in 5 years from this move i think it stacks the big 10 up very well with the sec because if you go from top to bottom all 16 teams there are just as many really good currently and blue blood teams historically in each of those conferences the bottoms are about the same in the aspect of the bottoms are still kind of yes but that's every conference the bottom is kind of yes but i think it matches them up very well with the sec i think they're on par with them to the aspect of 
they have the horses to be able to compete for a national championship. Now, it's been very lopsided recently. We've we've seen that. We know that. But my point is, is, is now you have more big guns to be able to do that. And I also think it, it proves to me um, what it's going to look like in about five years is there's going to be two major conferences. It's not going to be the NCAA anymore either. I think the NCAA will still exist, but it will be for the non, these non two conferences, the super conferences. The super conferences are going to have one commissioner that runs the whole gambit of it. And I think those two conferences are going to have about 33 teams each. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be very similar to like the National League, American League in baseball in the aspect of those are their conferences. They play their whole season inside that conference. They figure out their champion of that conference and they move into the playoff. Yeah. Where yeah. each each conference gives four uh, their top four teams or whatever, and mm-hmm. then they match up that way. I think that's where we're headed with it because it only makes sense. Uh, the, the Big Ten kind of put a blockade to the SEC. They now go coast to coast, with the exception of the Rocky Mountain area, which yeah. is why I think maybe Colorado may be of interest. Uh, honestly, I would even go into the Mountain West Conference and look at UNLV. Yeah, UNLV or uh, Boise State, because I mean, or or Boise State, because you're closing up that gap in the in the Rocky Mountain area to where there is a blockade. Then, mm-hmm. yeah, and and don't get me wrong, I don't think the SEC is going to try to go too much north unless they get Notre Dame. I think they're very interested in Notre Dame. Oh yeah, but I think if Notre Dame is going to join a conference, it's going to be the Big Ten. Yeah. Um. So I I think we're heading towards where the NCAA, and you know what. The NCAA dug their grave on this. They could have very easily, I think, NIL pushes into this because all of a sudden these players can get tons of money while they're playing in college. Well, that which college gives me the best chance to make money. Mm -hmm. And so it's a money grab in the aspect of they're getting the colleges and the universities that they think that will make them more money. Mm Mm-hmm. Now it's an added bonus that you USC and UCLA have a connection to the Big Ten, but the, yeah. they're in LA. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> LA was LA was the 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 goal there, and oh, yeah. uh, so so the fact that they got both of those teams, wow, that's awesome. Well, and I I think part of it is the big the you know say the Big Ten only goes after say USC because if they look at it only from a football perspective, okay. And let's say the Pac-12 is able to bring in like a Boise State or bring in like a uh, like a Colorado State to you know subsidize for that. If you're the Big Ten, why do you want a potential rival literally right next door to you in LA? Like you know, oh well, I can you know, like you said with the NIL, oh I can go to school, I can go to school at UCLA now. I'll be in the Pac-12. I'll make you know potentially good money because you have to think. If this hadn't happened, you know the Pac-12 was probably going to be like, okay, we're probably going to need more money, otherwise our teams are going to leave in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the teams ended up you know, abandoning ship long before that could even happen, which now the Pac-12 is scrambling to get done. You know, But if, you, if, but if you're the Big Ten and you, you don't get at least UCLA, okay, well now I can go to the Pac-12, I can still be relevant, I can still earn a lot of money, you know, and I don't have to worry about potentially going into the cold 
And I know a couple people <laughs> talked about that. It's like, you know, the Midwest isn't terrible in the fall. Like October, it's still good. Now November, depending on where you go, that's, say, as, that's as we it. think as we think about Ohio State, Michigan last year when they were playing in the snow. Yeah, in the <laughs> snow. You know, think you know. Can can you picture how well USC is going to do if they go up to Wisconsin like the second week of November or like the first <laughs> week of November? How well you think that's going to go? What about Minnesota? They play yeah, in an open air stadium now. Whoo. Ooh, that would be ugly for USC. You know, it's uh, it's hot in Minnesota when it hits 80. Yes. Like people complain in Minnesota that it's hot because it's 80. Yeah, exactly. And so to me, to me, I don't think the big 10 was going to fight itself. It's like, we need, we need to get the biggest brands. We need to go get, uh, we need to get the LA teams. We need to get both of them. So that way, like you said, they control that market to me. Then you kind of control a majority of California, even if you don't get Stanford. Because again, you know, we we kind of talked about a little earlier. The Big Twelve is rumored they're going to go after uh, both Arizona schools. They're going to go after Utah, and they're going to go after Colorado. Stanford could very easily kind of get absorbed in there. The Big Twelve kind of expand out to like the Southwest Conference, then, and you know, easily absorb Stanford. But I think with the Big Ten getting the LA market, you get about 70% of California then with that. So you, you've got a pretty big footprint now on the sec side. I'm, I'm just waiting to see the news again, you know, their, their TV rights are good till 2036. So I don't know if some of these teams are willing to pay out, but they might because the sec is going to get a ton of money. I'm waiting for Clemson. I'm waiting for Florida state. And I think, and I know, uh, yeah, Clemson, Florida State, I think North Carolina, and I've seen a toss-up between Virginia um, and somebody else I can't think of off the top of my head. But if Miami. I'm uh, – yeah, Miami. If I'm the SEC, I would go – if you want a true blue blood, you know, historically good programs in both, I would go get Clemson, I would get Miami, and for your basketball, because really if you look at SEC basketball, you know, You've got Kentucky, you've got Tennessee, Alabama's kind of thrown in there a little bit. They're not really a big basketball powerhouse like Kentucky and Tennessee are. But if you want true blue blood, you know, basketball programs and to keep a big rivalry, you go after UNC and you go after Duke. I don't think there's any chance that Duke and North Carolina go to different conferences. I, I think so. to, as big of a rivalry they are as rivals as they are, they're hand in hand on where they're going. Yes. Uh, they're not gonna. You're not gonna see UNC go. See you, Duke. We're going to. You know, we're a uh, surprise. We're going to the Big Twelve. You know, <laughs> yeah, uh, right. they're they're both going wherever together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't know that one could exist w- without the other in the same conference. Honestly, I think the world would explode. Um, but honestly, I think. And he and and this is this is clearly just my thought on this. If the Big Ten really wants to to sh- uh, you know fire a shot across the bow, they go and get Clemson. Yeah. And then that tells the SEC we're not playing games with this. Mm-hmm. You know we're in this for the long haul. We're going to be valid. Uh, Clemson's rival is in the SEC, so it would make sense for them to go there, but they're not opposed to not being in the same conference as their rival. Oh, yeah. You know, so like they could easily jump 
it's just a matter of does the big 10 see the buyout from the tv deal because that could be hundreds of millions of dollars we don't know Mm -hmm. exactly what the buyout is but it could be a lot of money is it worth getting clemson to come to the big 10 and we pay the the buyout but i think it would be a big shot across the sec bow if they were to to get clemson because i think honestly i don't think there's many people thinking that clemson's going anywhere but the sec oh yeah i i mean that's the first place i see them going and i think i think even though the big 10 has broke the geographical barrier as we'll call it i don't see the sec doing as much like we've we see them expand a little bit more west which i could kind of see them you know They'll they already had Texas A and M, A and M, so it wasn't like you that already much. Had Texas, yeah. So you're you're only moving over a, a super tiny bit with with Texas. So to me, I could just see the SEC kind of moving up a little bit more, getting the Carolinas. You know, go ahead and absorb the Florida team. So I could very easily see that. But you know, kind of like you know what we said with the two the two super conferences. You know, where do some of these other teams go then? Where does the Pittsburghs go? You know, where does if Florida State doesn't go in the SEC, where do they go? You know, do they kind of join the uh, do they join UCF? And they're like, okay, well, we'll go in the Big 12. And that gives the Big 12 another footprint in Florida, basically. Because if you think about it, you know, out of all three of those, the only one that's been well, Florida State and UCF have been relevant recently in football. But historically, like we've talked about with, you know, the SEC majority wanting blue blood programs, you go after Miami. But yeah, I think I think a lot of the SEC will they'll stay a little bit more true to like the actual geographic barrier. And then I think the Big Ten will probably just take everything else. I could see it being kind of a a yin yang Mm -hmm. uh, to where the SEC starts up on the northeast coast and works its way down wraps around florida and into texas maybe all the way into arizona even yeah and then the big 10 takes it from la all the way up the west coast and across over to new york city Mm -hmm. now the only outlier that i really really see there is syracuse yes they have the 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 back and forth of which way to go because Syracuse is not on the coast, no. but they would fit. I think probably more with the style of teams and programs that are, would be considered in the sec yeah. super conference there. Yeah. So it, it would be one of those that it may. And, and I think UConn goes sec probably maybe the big 10 i don't know those are kind of the 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 new england area is kind of a toss-up of which way it would go because there's no really historically blue blood football programs up there other than maybe Pitt, but that's not on the coast either yeah i see Pitt going to to the big 10 honestly yeah um, and and i'll be oh, honest with you if if i'm uconn i wouldn't really worry about the football because again football is right. not what you're known for like you know and if I remember, they're not in the Big East for college basketball, are they? Yes, they just oh, they moved are? back. They met, left the AAC and went to the to the big back to the Big East. Yeah, so I mean, if if I'm UConn, the big the Big East at least for basketball right now isn't going to go anywhere because the Big East in basketball is still a legitimate conference. Mm-hmm. So it's oh, like, for sure, it's it's part of the Power Six. There's yeah. a Power Six in basketball. 
Yeah, so basketball, I don't really see them worry. If I'm UConn, honestly, I would be one of those schools. Be you know, be like, be the new Notre Dame, be the new BYU. Just be independent. Make your own schedule and and do what you want to do. Is basketball there, just stay in the Big East? Do you see anything saying like like I just went on the record saying it's going to be those two in football, those two conferences, mm-hmm. but that also takes the basketball with it. Yeah. So does the Big East then stay on the outside fringes of major college sports because they don't play football? I I think so because I, and it's I don't think it's anything that they could do about it because I mean yeah. like we saw we saw the Big East fold in college football and right. and that you know and essentially that's what ended up becoming part of the you know ACC and the Big Twelve was a lot of those you know those Big East teams. And it, you know, the more I look at it, the more I think about it, I think that may end up being the case. But I think with basketball, it leaves it a little bit more interesting because we've seen schools that it's like, okay, well, we're not as good at football anyway. So, you know, like look at Wichita Falls. Wichita Falls doesn't even have a football program. They only have a basketball program. Yeah. And kind of the same with UConn. I could very easily see UConn be like, eh. We, we can have a football program. We'll kind of do our own schedule, or they may join one of kind of the, the more minor conferences, you know, like, well, hey, for football, we'll be a part of like the, well, I could very easily see them joining the AC, uh, the AAC for football, like join the AAC and then basketball, you're still part of the Big East. Now, do you think it, because I, I firmly believe football, especially at least, is heading towards this super conference where it's it's not run by the NCAA. Yeah. Do you think the NCAA is going to be nice enough or want to play when it comes to these conferences or these teams that play football, but they're not dominant or the ones that play basketball? Are they, you know, it, it's such a toss up because like Boston College. Yeah, great. They they're they're decent at football once in a while. They're garbage when it comes to basketball. Are they gonna are they gonna still play basketball in the in these conferences? Or are they gonna allow these colleges, these these conferences or these schools to maybe drop back into a different conference that fits to them basketball wise? Like, can you see it being to where football is what we're talking about with the major college stuff and the rest of the college sports stay in the NCAA. I I think so. And I I think if you're the NCAA, that's the smart thing to do. You know, if you look at football is your big money, your big money grabber, as far as, you know, you go out, you get, you get the biggest programs you can, you get the most money you can through the biggest marquee matchups that you can. Whereas, you know, you look at it from a basketball perspective you know, yeah, you still have a bit of a downtrend, but college basketball is almost always interesting. There's almost always, oh, for sure. Ups. There's, you know, there's a lot of diehard support because they, and they have a whole entire month for it. Like you have March madness because anything could potentially happen. Mm-hmm. So if I'm the NCAA, I would do that because again, you're going to get the most bang for your buck that way. Let it, football do its thing. You're going to get a ton of money from it keep basketball kind of the way it is because like you said there's a power six and it's not like any of them are bad right now i do think a couple of those are probably going to go away i think it would probably be like a power four sure power five because of the pac 12 going away because it's kind of the same it's like oh well there's the there's what used to be the pac 12 and football and now there's the pac 12 of 
you know, like you said, like Fresno State, San Diego State, you know, Washington State, Oregon State. It's like, oh, that's. Well, think about this, Tony. In my lifetime, I've seen St. Joe's be a one seed. I've seen Wichita State be a one seed. We've Mm -hmm. seen Gonzaga go undefeated until the national title game. Those teams don't play football on the on the major uh, stage, Mm -hmm. but yet if the NCAA doesn't, I mean the these these schools will suffer. Now, you may have a Wichita State three-peat because all these other teams that move with the football, if they aren't allowed to play in the NCAA for basketball and be in March Madness, you may have Wichita State winning three three in a row. You know, But who's going to care if that happens? Exactly. March Madness will take a huge hit if the NCAA and this new conglomeration of whatever it is that college football is going to be, it will ruin basketball if they don't work together to make something happen because the NC and and let's let's call the NCAA what they are is they're money grabbers oh yeah so if they're going to lose billions for basketball because they're too stubborn to do something which they've shown they're too stubborn to do stuff on lots of things yep then they deserve to just dissolve into nothingness oh yeah and Um, and like you said, if they're stubborn enough to, then they then they desert. And like you said, I think they will. I think, or they might be proactive. I think the, I I think <laughs> once we see 2024, 2025, when all this stuff finally kicks in, I think then the NCAA is going to realize, oh crap, we need to do something. We need to do something right now to make the you know again to not dissolve into nothingness. Yeah. Well, and but they've. They've certainly proven that they're pretty stubborn, and they 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 te- they choose to ignore things that are apparent that are coming. You know, they they go to Congress more than once to ask for help with NIL, and they're like, "What is it you guys are doing yeah. in your offices in Indianapolis?" Literally, because you guys saw this coming five years ago, 10 years ago. Doesn't matter how long ago. It doesn't matter if it was last week. You don't come to us and ask to do us to do your job. We've got bigger fish to fry than worry about whether the NCAA loses out on a few million or even a billion dollars because they didn't do anything to corral the NIL before it started. Yeah. And so I they they are getting their just desserts as people like to say because they they made their bed they need to lie in the bed that they made because they saw this coming and they did nothing about it and I think they should have learned from this and they should be starting to put in motion that what we're talking about mm-hmm. because I that my thought of what's happening what what will happen in 5 years is not my complete original thought. I've heard others talking about it. So it's not like I'm just pulling stuff out and going, "Oh, this could happen. This is where I think I've listened to people and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense." And then I've kind of made my own my own thoughts. If I'm figuring this out, the NCAA who makes billions of dollars should already have known about this. Yes. They should have things in motion. And that's kind of where we're headed, where I'm headed in my headlines. So let's go to the fourth quarter. You ready? Yep. Let's do it. 
I tell you, I'm not hearing the whistles on on uh, on Firefox. I'm not happy, but I I have a Rodecaster Pro, okay. and it will not run through Chrome for some reason right now. I can't get the my work handles my Chrome like control uh, admins my Chrome because we run through work uh, through Google. Yeah. So I can't change the the settings. So I can't get my roadcaster to work through Chrome on StreamYard. So I gotta go through Firefox so I can have my roadcaster work and I can't hear the tweets. Uh, are you able to get Microsoft Edge? Uh yeah, I do. I I use that for work. Okay. <laughs> so saying, I, use, I, I use that for my grading portion of it. Uh, I say because I use Edge and I, I haven't had any issues. With that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, maybe the I just I saw Firefox there when I was trying to figure out what was wrong with it and so i fired it up and it worked so i'm happy with that but i I may have to try to edge now but yeah this is the fourth quarter which we do our headlines uh we we scour the headlines and uh we we choose which one uh we think best fits and we want excuse me we want to talk about uh normally i kick it off tony but you know what Guests need to go first because that's the proper way to, uh, you know, treat guests. So, uh, do you have a name for your your newspaper? Or is this just Tony's talk? Uh, I'm gonna call it Tony's Tribune because oh. I tried to I tried to keep with the I kind of tried to nope. keep with the newspaper theme. Yeah, Tony's uh, Tribune. All right. Yeah. So while we've talked about um, while we've talked about having two super conferences. I think up until then, which I think that's still about 10 years away, I'm going to say, I think there's going to be a power three in college football. And I think the big 12 is going to end up absorbing a lot of the PAC 12 teams that say, don't get into either the big 10 or the sec. The big 12 is reported to add up to six of the PAC 12 teams in their conference. And again, this is, Say hypothetically, the Big Ten just says they're done. They don't continue to expand. They don't add Oregon and Washington. The report is is that Arizona State, Arizona, Utah, Colorado, Oregon, and Washington will all be added into uh, the Big 12. Geographically, like I said, that kind of makes sense. I could kind of see it being like a little bit of a triangle almost that overlaps. You have the Big Ten cover the Northwest into the Midwest. You have the SEC cover that. And then the big 12 cover everything else. Um, I could very easily see them and the PAC 12 kind of merging. And I think the big reason is because the PAC 12 has, you know, over a 100 year sport history, the big 12, not as much, but again, I think this is one of those, the big 12 needs to go ahead and say, Hey, We need to keep ourselves as relevant as possible. We need to bring in the biggest names, bring in the best competition. And again, what better way than go ahead and be kind of the catch-all conference for everybody else and give these teams a chance to say, hey, the Big Ten didn't want us, the SEC didn't want us, let us show our stuff now in the Big 12. So you're seeing a Venn diagram is what you're seeing, basically what what the – college football landscape will look like because you'll have those overlapping uh geographical areas i guess mm-hmm. that that will overlap and especially if like you know what we've talked about what we talked about in the third was if the sec climbs the the, the east coast and gets let's say boston college you're going to have new york and boston or you know boston's north of new york mm-hmm. so you'd have those two overlapping 
kind of the same way maybe in the Rocky Mountain area. You know, one conference may get Colorado State and the other one gets Colorado. They both may get both the Colorado teams. Don't know. Yeah. But yeah, you could have that over or Colorado State goes to that third one, you know, mm-hmm. that that you're you're talking about. So well, yeah, I, I could see this being a a, a potential well, and think three, about it. Three conferences. Yeah, and think about it. You know, the Big Ten's kind of going down into Southern California. Well, then the Big Twelve would be coming up into you know Utah, and you know potentially even farther. So yeah, you're going to have kind of the same thing. Big Ten's down this way, but you know Big Twelve is up. So yeah, yeah like I said, I I think it'll go to three before it goes to two because I I don't see the ACC and the Big Twelve going away that easily, but. Like we kind of talked about, I see the ACC getting absorbed more by the SEC, which I did a little bit of fact-checking and history-checking. Apparently, there was a super conference. It was just the uh, Southern Conference back in like the 1920s had Maryland, had Clemson, Bama, LSU, like a few of these, you know, few of these teams that we've wow. known. And yeah, it was a lot of the ACC teams and uh, the SEC teams were basically already a part of one big super conference to start with back in you know, literally a hundred years ago. <laughs> literally. Wow. Yep. <laughs> you can't say like a hundred years ago. It literally was a hundred years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So let's move to the Sam Sentinel. Yeah, that's uh it's my turn now, Tony. Uh, we're obviously staying on the same, the same track. Um, to kind of go further a, a little further is the, the I've seen reports that Kansas is very close. I and then I talked to Dalton, and uh, he he said he hadn't seen anything yet, but there was like maybe some rumor that it could happen that Kansas is is looking to move to the Big Ten. That would be a huge move in the aspect of that is gutting even more of the big 12 if that were to happen uh i could see like i mentioned earlier i could see baylor moving in uh to the big 10 because then that would that would expand big 10's reach into texas i honestly can see this being a battle over those those big names to try to get as many big names into your doesn't matter basketball or football because they both produce money out the wazoo but they're wanting to, they could pull these big teams from, or the remaining big teams from the, the conferences that are being basically decimated. I don't see a way that will allow the Pac 12 and the Big 12 to exist after all the dust settles. But that, that, that's just my thought. The ACC has a little bit more going for them just because they still have their TV deal that's in place for a really, another decade plus. So they, I think they'll be the last conference to fall before, you know, in my mind, the two conferences take over, but what I wanted to get to, and I know that was a long winded way to get to where I was headed. uh, I want to talk about the death of the Rose bowl because essentially USC and UCLA joining the big 10 will kill the Rose bowl. The Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all. They're still it, it still carries the mystique, at least for now. And they're in negotiations to be part of the CFP year in and year out, rather than just on the the four-year rotation or whatever rotation that they've got 
uh, going on now. It might be six now because I think it's the New Year's six, and I think each one gets a chance to host the 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 national title or at least be the, be the featured game. I guess in in Indianapolis there was no uh, bowl game that that hosted the the national championship game. But my point is on this is historically it's always been a Big Ten, Pac eight, ten or Pac twelve champion game until we got to the cfp the bcs and cfp it is still one of those that i can remember the one time i was alive that purdue made the the rose bowl and it was the greatest bowl game i have watched ever because my team was in that bowl game that i grew up seeing as the end-all be-all for a for a, for a big 10 championship i wasn't naive to think that purdue was going to win a, a national title but I always had hope that they were going to the Rose Bowl. And uh, the Rose Bowl will still exist. I don't think it's going away, but the mystique and the historic value that is carried for over 100 years or up, running up on 100 years at least, but I'm pretty positive it's over 100 years old, it's, it's gone. Uh, even if the Pac-12 stuck around, USC and Washington in the in the Rose Bowl just doesn't carry the weight that Ohio State against Oregon or against UCLA or against USC or even Wisconsin against any of those teams carries. It just doesn't, and and it breaks my heart in the aspect of the NCAA allowed this to happen. There are ways. Again, you know this stuff's coming. You want to keep your history too. Because history matters to so many programs in this country, and that means to millions of people, history matters. So in order for to keep that, that added value of the Rose Bowl, uh, it, it, it is a little heartbreaking that USC and UCLA essentially killed it by moving to the Big Ten. I think it's going to still be for the good, maybe. Nothing's going to be the same, but that's the way life is. Life changes in life, and things don't stay the same forever. But there are some things that you should really, really, really try to keep tried and true and historic and and, and keep it there for value. And uh, I'm a little sad this morning or this week because of that that happening. But you know what? things change and they're not always the way you want them to change. You just hope it's for the best. So, uh, that is the Sam Sentinel. Oh, what a, what a, what an episode. We ran a little longer than normal, Tony. Mm -hmm. What a great, what a great show. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I'm going to talk real quick to the, to the listeners. If you want to catch us on, uh, social media, you can go to big 10 plus four, uh, on Facebook, if you we are Big Ten Plus Four, but Tony, you have to spell out plus. Don't put the plus sign in gotcha. on Twitter. Okay. They won't let you have the plus sign on Twitter. You have to do the yeah. So uh, find us at Twitter. Go to oddpodsmedia.com uh, and find the whole uh, Odd Pods Media family of shows there, along with us. Uh, find us streamed on ASAP Network every Friday, normally at eight forty-five. This week, I think it'll be eight thirty on Friday. Okay. Uh, it, because we did run a little long and I don't want to interfere with the morning show that comes on at 10 every, every uh, week. So, uh, we may bump up a little, a little sooner. So, uh, 
Tony, thanks so much for joining us this week. And you know, this that's all for uh, from us at uh, Big Ten Plus Four. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, maybe. There it is.